Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. We've, we've got Lord Elizabeth Hall coming on and her, and her husband, um, and they're doing some great things out there. They're actors but also singers, and they're just doing a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about. And we're excited to talk a little bit about their story and where they're going and a little bit about acting and anything else that they're doing. So, are y'all here? Yes. Yeah, we're here. So excited to be here. <laughs> so, how are y'all doing on this beautiful day? I guess it's beautiful where y'all at, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're doing great, um, you know, with everything going on in the world. Like, we've been lucky to, um, because we do everything on YouTube, you know, we've been lucky mm-hmm. to we keep working and keep creating content. Um, and because people are at home, you know, they can enjoy it. Because yeah, that was going to be how I usually start out. Usually I talk about the you know, very first thing, because, you know, as you know, the COVID affected everybody. So tell us how it's affected you on a personal level and what are you doing to maneuver through it? And, you, and of course, being YouTube, you kind of didn't have to change nothing, so that's a good, but if there's anything else you want to add. Right. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that it's something that's affecting, you know, everybody, which is mm-hmm. um, obviously it's a, it's a negative thing in and of itself, but I guess if you're looking for silver linings or if you're trying to have an optimistic viewpoint, you can say it, it brings the human experience together. We're all in it together. Mm-hmm. So there's, yep. there's a, a weird kind of unity in that mm-hmm. um, the, the way that we find uh, our our ways of navigating it is um, is just changing some of the the day to day of uh, of how we go about you know making our content so for instance you know more you know if you're talking nuts and bolts it would be you know mm-hmm. simpler scripts you know less less characters that can be shot separately and spaced out um, ah. you know songs songs that have mm-hmm. fewer singers on them we Mm-hmm. use sanitation practices between vocalists, um, different pop filters. Like, you know, if you're talking exactly how we've yeah. you know, navigated it, those are just some of the things that we've done um, to be able to keep going. And the way that we um, shoot with the, the YouTube stuff, it's, um, you know, family-friendly mm-hmm. content, and we shoot on green screen. So what's actually cool is um, a lot of it doesn't even have to be shot, like, with people side by side. You know, we can um, – one person's on a green screen, and then we put the other person on a green screen, and then in post, you know, you put them together, yeah. and voila, it looks like they're side by side, but, you know, they're oh, well. actually distance and safe. So um, that's been great. That's pretty cool. And, you know – like for our show, we actually launched January 3rd, and our original goal was to interview 100 people first year. We thought, you know what, if we could pull off 100 interviews first year, we'd probably be ahead of the game. Because I don't know too many hosts that can say their very first year they interviewed 100 people, and then COVID right. happens. And I'm sitting there like I told Sam, and, and you know, you're always looking for that silver lining, but sometimes you almost want you, you don't want to get the way you feel guilty about it. But I told Sandy this is opportunity for us. You know, this is our opportunity to shine, to show the world right. what we can do. And we just went all out with the show. And because of that, you heard our 246 interview of the year. Whoa. That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. That's incredible. <laughs> well, thanks. Now, of course, the goal is 300. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to finish, finish yeah. strong. <laughs> yep. And, and our biggest month actually was August. We, we did 44 interviews that month. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that was a lot. I, I probably won't match yeah. that again. That was rough, <laughs> yeah. but we did it. <laughs> yeah, we feel the same so I always way. Like we're, the, we were, uh, oh, I was just going to say we feel the same way. We've been, we've been spending all this time gearing up, you know, for our launch and getting everything ready over the course of the year. And then, like you said, COVID hit. And uh, so there's a couple different ways you could look at it. I think we chose to look at it the same way you did, and we just sort of went buck wild on um, – you know, just content, content creation, even if we weren't posting it yet, just getting it all created uh-huh. and ready because, um, you know, eventually the day would come where we would have it ready to post. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Now, before we really get into a little bit of your story, I always like to go a little light, even though we always go really heavy at the beginning with COVID, but yeah, that's a whole other story. Um, but what are some hobbies y'all like to do outside of music? Um, I mean, outside of what you do. Sure, sure. I'm so um, used to saying well, music. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. We both love football, big football fans. I'm from North Carolina, so I'm a big Panthers fan, and Adam loves the Cowboys. Oh, well. He's from Texas originally. Um, but, yeah, we love doing that. We love um, – I do a lot of, like, improv, which is kind of still acting oh, well. when COVID's not happening, mm-hmm. um, at um, at the Groundlings, which is actually um, – a lot of the SNL actors came from the groundlings like Will Ferrell. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to just, um, Melissa McCarthy, you know, uh, it's a big training ground for that kind of content. So, I mean, even though that's still acting, it's just, for me, it's just so fun to just go and mm-hmm. um, make people laugh. Yeah. I mean, oh, well. we live not too far from the beach. And so um, we're huge uh, fans of the beach and beach people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we don't get there often enough, but, you know, when we can, we uh, we like to try to to get away and just like it's about yeah, it's probably about twenty five minutes away. Yeah. And so, you know, even if it's just driving down and and even if you don't get out of your car, you know, it just it it does wonders you know for you. And oh, it does. We love that. Yeah, and we don't surf, but we're big yeah. boogie boarders. We love to boogie board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know. That's going to be, you know, as I told you before the show, we're moving to Nashville next year. That's going to be my hardest part. You know, I've been in Savannah area for since age 14. I'm 49 now. Um, I'm a coastal guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's going to be the hardest. Granted, there's a, there's a lot of pluses to Nashville that override it, this. But, that, but still, that's going to be my hardest part. Is, it's like, oh, God, I'm leaving the beach. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. So I actually um, went to music school in Nashville at, at Belmont University, oh, well. and I so ah, yeah. I spent some time there, and I love, love, love that town. It's so great. It's so fun. It's always good to go back to at any time. You know, when there's an opportunity, if I have friends getting married or whatever. Um, but there is still you can find some some good waterways to get out and have some fun. <laughs> on. It's not the it's not the ocean, but there are. There are multiple good waterways. You can find your way. Yeah. We, used to, we, we used to go yeah. rafting at night under the moonlight. Oh, wow. On, um, oh, cool. Like the, the, Harpeth, the Harpeth River. So you can find some fun stuff to get into still on waterways. Yeah, because I guess it don't have to be the ocean. I just like to be around the water. Same. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. <clears throat> and yeah, and you the other thing, if you're going to be in a boat, if you're going to be a, in a boat, it's probably better – on a lake or river than is the ocean anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um you can you can like I said, you can get out and about. There's a few different ones. There's you know, Percy Priest and um of course 
you know, if you just want to go walk by the water, you know, there's the main, uh, I think it's the Cumberland that runs right through there and beautiful walkways. And, um, yeah, you're you're gonna love it. You're, you're really gonna love it. There. We already talked about it. I'm like, maybe we should move to Nashville. <laughs> no, uh, we're we're planning on once we move there too because it'll help. I think it'll help with our show. Is probably taking some acting classes and stuff like that because anything to help us hone our skills is to me a plus. Of course, yeah. Yeah, definitely growing. Um, that the the, the acting scene there has been growing over the past you know five to ten years, and so. You know, about however many years ago I said that Nashville mm-hmm. would probably be like a very similar to the next L.A. in the next 10 years. And sure oh, enough, yeah. it's been blowing up. And I'm sure there's some yeah. great acting coaches there mm-hmm. that you could find. And I'm sure there's some great, great programs to get involved in. <clears throat> so for both of y'all, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, acting and singing and all that, that usually comes from a, when you're a child where you're like, you, you want to do this. But at what age, and what, what was the moment for you? Because I think it's a different date for this. But at what moment did you kind of look in the mirror and thought, this could actually be a career for me? What was that moment? I'll let you go first. Um, I'm trying to think if I had an exact moment. Well, because I grew mm-hmm. up, and I was, um, I, my brother and I are eight years apart. He's eight years younger. And so, um, you know, for a long time I grew up, and I just had myself to entertain me. So I think that's why I became an actor, because I was just, like, playing all these characters and had imaginary friends and playing dolls and creating stories. Um, and so I, it's so funny because you realize later, like, oh, that was all a part of it. That was all a part of um, making me mm-hmm. a creative person. And um, oh, well. so then I, um, but I never really, I didn't do a lot of sports growing up. And my mom tried, you know, tried to put me in soccer or dance, and I just wasn't about it. And so she never pushed anything on me, but she always said, you know, she finds something she loves, I'm going to support it. Um, so then I was, mm-hmm. I was 13, I was in eighth grade, and my friend, um, my best friend was doing a, a play at the community theater. And I thought, well, she's doing it. It sounds fun. So I uh, I auditioned and I got it um, and we did the play and it was really fun. It was actually a lot of like fairy tales um, set to Bob Dylan music, which is so random, but um, it was wow. really fun. And after that, I, I think it was after that, I told my mom, I was like, I think, I think I want to do this. I think I want to be an actor. Before then, oh, I've well. been like, I want to be a lawyer. And mom's like, okay, well, this is a change of career. <laughs> Um, but I, I told them and my parents always have been supportive. I mean, definitely question, are you sure? Because this isn't the easiest career path, um, right? Exactly. Um, but I, I got there's So university of North Carolina school of the arts is a huge, uh, conservatory. And, you know, there's only, uh, there's film, there's drama, there's dance and there's music and, and visual art. And it's weird because it's, it's a conservatory. It's a college, but they also have a mm-hmm. high school program. And the drama program is only senior year. You go, um, hundreds of these kids from all over the country audition, and they pick 20. And they try to get you into the best acting um, college conservatory. So you're trying to get in still to the college there, but also Juilliard and Carnegie Mellon and all the other colleges. And that's when I auditioned and I got in. And I think that's when oh, I wow. said, okay, um, she's we're going to take this seriously and then I ended up getting into the college program as well um so that, oh, wow. that was like a couple of different turning moments but I think I at 13 I knew and then at 17 when I got in my parents said okay she's doing this 
So yeah, <laughs> what about you, Adam? Um, let's see. For me, so I basically, so first of all, I guess I'll just preface this by saying I, I come from a, from a, um, I'll call it a big performing arts uh, family. Not in that they are mm-hmm. in the industry at all, um, but just wonderfully talented, um, you know, singers. Um, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, grew up, you know, in church and in, you know, touring slightly touring groups of musical oh, groups, wow. and my sister you know, has been in acting and music. Um, she's been uh, the lead in her college productions. She's been, um, she was a music major for a while, actually, before she pivoted to, to science. But, um, and even my dad is a good singer, too, uh, in church, and he loves singing hymns and all kinds of things. So I grew up in that. Um, and because of that, I actually was, you know, had a somehow a mustard seed of confidence in kindergarten to go out for the, to audition for a solo in the grandparents day program and um across my whole class i got it and um so my first time <laughs> oh, well. on, my first time singing on stage was at like four years old five, four or five years old um and you know had just basically remained involved in you know on stage performing since then mainly music but also in the early days music theater um but not to ramble that was just to give you a little background so basically what happened was is um as I got older, you know, I stored, I sort of, you know, I was continuing to do both acting and music, but the yeah. point for me was really, um, my mom had, uh, my parents, uh, my dad had given my mom, um, uh, a piano as a, as a mm-hmm. gift at some point, one of the ones that goes up against the wall. Um, and my mom loved it and she would play it all the time and everything. So music was always in our home and, um, yeah. and I was always involved in learning to play by ear and so I started getting involved in the praise and worship band basically at our church um, and got really, really heavily involved. And then that band started having um, tremendous success locally, and we got started getting invited to, to play at the youth camps for like, you know, 800 or 1,000, you know, oh, wow. kids, you know, for the week. And I myself was like a teenager. Like I was like 13, 14, but like in the praise band um, and loving it. And so basically what happened was, I was at youth camp one of these summers uh, when I was 14, and yeah, I just something clicked. I mean, I guess you could say God spoke to me, and and I just mm-hmm. I felt that this is what I'm going to do with my life. I at that moment wow. I have no idea how. I don't know <laughs> the direction. I don't know what I'm going to get into. I don't know. I'm only 14, um, but <laughs> it clicked, and I went home and I wrote my very first song, and uh, that's when I started writing songs and um and then just to follow that up i was a huge huge stephen Curtis chapman fan at the time um oh yeah he's like good an autographed guitar it's actually the guitar that i still can you believe it it's my very first guitar it's autographed by stephen Curtis chapman and it's <laughs> still the guitar that i used to write almost every song on um to this day but uh, so i was very huge fan of stephen Curtis chapman and i found out that his drummer um, at the time, uh, who was incredible, um, I went to his website and started doing some research because I was like, this guy's so great. And he, that's mm-hmm. how I found out about a school that you could go to to major in, not like most music majors where it's classical, but you could major in commercial yeah. music. Like you could major oh, wow. in trying to become a recording artist. And mm-hmm. And so it's funny how just like, you know, one thing leads to another, and that's how I found out about that information about Belmont and everything else. And so then I, I got a little older. I auditioned. I got in. I met a bunch of people there. I cut my first records. 
my, you know, I realized that LA might be a better fit. I moved out here, you know, it, <laughs> one thing leads to another. Wow. And then when meeting Laura, that's how I got back into um, my acting roots. Once I got out here in California. That makes sense. Cause I mean, LA is the acting capital, like Nashville right. is the music city. <laughs> yeah. I've been fortunate, <laughs> fortunate enough to, to live in both. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's unusual, you know, cause you know, a lot of times people, especially unusual to be a singing and actor, because usually you have to make a choice. You know, mm-hmm. both careers are so tough, and that's where I want to go now. You know, a lot of people they see, and of course this is going to be kind of a music related, but I think, but uh, but of the actors we've talked to said it's also acting related too. It's a exact same mm-hmm. scenario, <laughs> but the story will be music related, but um. You know, when you um, fans, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of a Carrie Miranda, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get to the high le- top levels of whether it's singing, whether it's acting. Uh, and I think that's not talked about enough because so many people don't see that side of it. And I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go to kind of give us an idea where, you know, how I want this. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I remember, I'll never forget, I asked her what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist. And she said, and again, I think this, you'll see, I think this relates to even an actor too. Um, Uh But she said that, that this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of me, if you can see yourself doing something else, then go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of you. Um, your, your life is no longer your life anymore. <clears throat> then on top of that, your friends and relatives, they never understand because you're grinding, especially at the beginning. You're, you know, you're, you can't turn down gigs. So they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays, but you have to say no because you're grinding it out. You, you cannot afford to not grind right now, and they don't understand that because they have a nine-to-five job. They don't understand you're 24-7. <clears throat> then on right. top of that, your family has to sacrifice. You know, It's not just you, the artist, or you, the actor, or you, the actress. You're, you're everybody sacrifices around you to help bring you up. And then if that wasn't enough, then if you've got gigs out there and you're miserable that day, you still got to go out there and do those. It doesn't, you know, you, you can't just call in sick. But then she said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if all you can see is yourself being a musician, then go all in. That's the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, I've heard that before, and one of my acting teachers and, like, a parent teacher thing had had told my parents the same thing. They said, you know, she sees herself doing something else, and she can do it, they said, but, you know, if her heart's in acting, then then that's where, that's where it is, and, and, um, you know, hang on, here we go. Um, but, but absolutely, it is a sacrifice, and we're so lucky and supportive to have such um, or we're so supported by our family and we're so grateful for that and lucky to have that and blessed to have that. Um, because absolutely it's, it's such a sacrifice. Um, we, we have just put 
everything, our, our heart, soul, um, into our acting, our music. Well, so, and a little bit of our background, um, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm an actor, and I, and I sing. I've always um, done some mm-hmm. singing, but not really classically trained, and Adam, yeah. of course, does music, but um, so we started um, working on this family-friendly YouTube channel called Totally TV um, with four, 4 million subscribers. But now we've since we're actually right in the heart of it. We just launched last week our own YouTube channel, um, and it that has been such a grind. Literally all of our free time, we have turned down every friend hangout um, just to, to put everything into it. But we keep mm-hmm. talking about it all the time, and we love it. it. It doesn't even feel like work, and that's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say that we, you know, I, I love that you're highlighting this because it is it is true. It doesn't, you know, especially especially if you have any, like, younger listeners, like um, what I would say and what I would really, really want them to know and what I for a while wish I had known and then did know mm-hmm. once I truly learned about like Blake Shelton's story, for instance, and how long it took him, is and Keith Urban, is that um, when you're young, you you feel I, for so many years I struggled with a clock in my head that would not stop, <laughs> and it's like you have to get to this level by this time, or it's not throwing the towel, or or you know it it takes a mental toll on you, and and the thing is is that the world has so drastically changed with, with the mm-hmm. internet and YouTube and Spotify and, and, and um, you know, independent distributors like DistroKid or CD Baby to where you can get your music out. Um, mm-hmm. You can put forth your own efforts to promote that music. You can be like Ed Sheeran and go play like, like he, I think he had a year where he said, I'm going to do, this is before he was huge, where he said, I'm going to yeah. do like 200 shows this year, no matter how big or small, you know. All of wow. that ability, and it's not going to be easy. It is not. It is going – it's probably – I would say – I mean, I don't know because I haven't been to any, like, what I would consider some, quote, mountaintop. But I would say that it's probably actually the hardest when you're getting the least amount of success back from it. Like, it's probably yep. – which is – the same amount of it. Yeah, that's ironic because, like, you know, like you said, you are sort of – on your own other than your family, which thank God, you know, for family and, and, and yeah. support groups, even great friends that are basically family, you know? Um, but other than that, you, you haven't necessarily attracted. If you're an artist, you, you don't necessarily, maybe, maybe you don't have a label yet, or maybe you don't have a pub, even a publisher yet, or, or you don't have a manager or any support system to open doors. So you have to go knock them down. And um, mm-hmm. that's really hard in the early days, but my, you know, my dad loved like classic sayings and, you know, he was just saying, first of all, you can do anything you set your mind to. I've always been told my whole life. And second of all, find something that you love, like truly, truly love, and you'll never work a day in your life. And that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that it won't be hard, but it just means that it'll just absolutely be worth it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, time just flies like I, I would say laura and i right now are probably working harder than we ever have mm-hmm. and we've worked hard before and we've had like two jobs a piece before mm-hmm. and stuff um but we're probably working harder than we ever have we're probably sleeping less and keeping much mm-hmm. longer hours but yet it is we are probably the happiest we've ever been mm-hmm. the most at peace and the most excited and that's because we are literally at this moment 100 mm-hmm. percent in on our 
journey and endeavor for our project. Yeah. Um, and I was, well, a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, there was one moment I have always been all in on this. Um, there was one yeah. moment where I was, I was having some medical issues and I was at the doctor's office and I was, I thought to myself, is, is this what I want? I do. I, cause I was worried about paying the medical bills. I was worried about at the time I was a waitress and I was thinking mm-hmm. now I have, you know, I'm going to miss mm-hmm. a shift because I'm at the doctor and then that's money gone. And I was worried about money. And I, at the time I had not done any of the YouTube stuff yet. This was earlier on. And I thought to myself, is this what I want? Do I, do I want this <laughs> career? Uh, it, it, and that was the only moment I ever doubted. And in that moment, an email came through from a casting director who I'd been in for multiple times, I offering me a role on an Ion Channel movie that I had not auditioned for. He just remembered oh, me well. and was offering me a role. <clears throat> and the only moment I was like, "Thanks, God," that's him telling me, "Keep going, <laughs> don't don't doubt." And um, so I would say that was one thing I was thinking. But also when you were talking about um, her saying. Uh, the people owning you. I think that's one thing that's hard for it's it's such a a grind but then also we personally with music um with me I'm a writer as well and retaining the rights um to to things is it's something that's been, that's been really important for us as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You know, especially if you talk to a lot of artists, a lot of musicians or whatever or if you have a lot of listeners that are in that world, they're going to know all about this. Um Yeah, I mean just retaining as as long as you possibly can, you know, retain your publishing, retain your, if you're making your own recordings, retain ownership of your masters, you know, um, mm-hmm. yep. you might not see the value right now when everything is small and you feel road. like, but down the road, if you, if you, if you had a magic, you know, hourglass or magnifying glass or whatever, goggles, whatever, <laughs> if you could see, you know, 10 or 15 years in front of you. You know, ask Taylor um, Swift that one, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so anything that you can do um, to do that. And that was drilled into us from the early days at Belmont, even like in my music, mm-hmm. I did performance classes, but I also took music business classes and um, you know, they, they do a good job of informing you of that. It might not always be mm-hmm. possible, but, but you have to make those decisions. Like, you know, is signing that deal with that label. What are you like, it's not just being given to you for free. You, like you're, you're paying for it somehow. They're not just going to promote you for free. So what are you giving up and is it worth it? And is it what you need right now? You know, and I think a yeah. lot of young artists aren't advised correctly on that. It's just so exciting to say like, you know, Sony ATV is there, <laughs> you know, or Capital yeah. Records comes to it, whatever. But it, but you got to surround yourself with very, very good, smart people that have your best interests at heart and evaluate, you know, you know, yes, it's exciting that you're signing to one of the largest record labels in the world, per, perhaps, if you have that opportunity. But what is it costing you, you know, like be mindful. Exactly. <clears throat> Most definitely. And, and piggybacking on what Laura said um, about the God sending that sign, I remember it was almost identical to what you said. I was like getting chills when you made the comment. Because I remember yeah. we were about two or two or three months in <laughs> to this show. And now we've been doing the whole new country buzz and all that, running it for a while. We start, relaunched it back in um, October 2018, and we originally launched in 2014. So we've been around this for a while. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But we started the show in January, but we're two, three months in. And, and we love 
all the artists that we have on. But there, there's a moment where you want to move up too. You know, you don't want to. You know, you want the bigger artists, and you want you you know want the game changer artists a little bit. And I can remember that I I really thought that I had um, a chance at this one um, rising woman artist, and she's she's big now. And because I knew her family, little did I realize that once you're signed to a label, knowing a family does not matter. I got turned down um, for an interview with her, and I was frustrated. So I was asking God. I remember asking God, like you said, are we supposed to do this? Because I was frustrated <laughs> by this point. And it, about an hour later, I got an email from a PR company that said, we've got six artists I'd like to get on your show. And I'm scrolling through the six artists that they said, and I see the name Anna Christina Cash. And I'm like, okay, I wonder if she's part of the Cash family. So I look her up, come to find out she's married to John Carter Cash, who's the oh son God. of course, Johnny, Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. So mm-hmm. I was like, yes, we'll take all six, and we want Anna first. <laughs> and they gave us Anna, and she was kind of the game changer for the show because after Anna came on, all of a sudden then Carlene Carter came on. Wow. Then Georgette Jones came on. <laughs> mm. Then Jenny Gill came on. And, and wow. then Taylor Lynn came on, which, of course, is the granddaughter of Loretta Lynn. Then not too long ago, we had Callie Tucker, the niece of Tanya Tucker. So all of a sudden, all of the legacy kids and family started coming on, all because of yeah. Anna Christina Cash. Wow. And it, but it was that one email. Was, I was frustrated, and it was like God saying, look, just keep going. Mm-hmm, 100%. Absolutely. We have so many stories like that, and it would take up. <laughs> <laughs> like your entire show but um yeah with that that's the thing is is we we feel and we know i think going back to what i said earlier about the being the happiest and the, and the most at peace than we've ever been we it's a it's a beautiful thing i don't think it, it happens often enough where you know that you know that you know that you are mm-hmm. standing exactly exactly where you're supposed to be standing at that moment like in life like you're exactly where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and um, you know, nothing more and nothing less. You're not looking discontented, you know, to the future. You're not looking mm-hmm. with regret to the past. You're just standing in the present and know that you're exactly where God wants you to be. I love that because again, that's what it's all about is trying to follow the path that God prepared for you. And I'm glad that y'all are willing to go there because not everybody is. And, and, and mm-hmm. our show is not a spiritual show, but, when people go there, I love it because that's who we are. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 you know, staying on the topic of, of that, that you're grinding at the beginning and nothing is happening, I remember the story, and this is actually true, of, uh, which I think is perfect for an artist or an entertainer or what, but they got this little tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. I've always loved the story of this tree because <clears throat> you get the tree, and this is a real tree, and you plant it, and you water mm-hmm. and fertilize it every day. Just like you're every day you're practicing what you need to do for everything you need to do, whether it's acting or musician. You're getting gigs. You're doing that, but you water and fertilize it, water and fertilize it. And after one year, nothing, nothing has sprouted out yet. I mean not even a tenth of it has sprouted out, but you keep watering. You keep fertilizing. Second year, nothing, still nothing. 
but you could quit. You could you could quit watering it, and guess what? Nothing will ever mm-hmm. happen. Just like with your careers, nothing will ever happen. Mm-hmm. Third here, now you're probably getting frustrated. You know, if you didn't know that this tree takes this long, but nothing is still coming out. But you still got to water and fertilize it every day, just like your career. You got to keep on and keep on, no matter what's going on out there. It's, it gets rough and it gets rough, and that's now all of a sudden it starts separating the men from the boys and the women from the girls in the industry. Because mm-hmm. after year after year, <clears throat> fourth year, still nothing. But then, sometime in the fifth year. I can't remember the exact weeks, but it's something like in the span of like eight weeks, that tree will sprout and grow 90 feet. Wow. <clears throat> but if you didn't keep the fertilizing, it wouldn't grow 90 feet. Because, see, what was happening is the roots were growing 90 feet down mm. to prepare the foundation. So you as actors and singers – you're preparing your foundation so that when you sprout and all of a sudden you become a Luke Comb where it looks like out the gate he just blossomed, but he's been doing it for years mm-hmm. <clears throat> because he already built that foundation. And that's what y'all are doing. You're building that foundation so that when that blossom comes, your foundation don't crush. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's I think I think that's exactly right. I think uh... – I think that when it does come or, you know, it's already, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we launched our, our brand new channel literally last um, weekend and our very, very first folding episode comes out tomorrow morning. And it, it's, it's gaining some, some really, really amazing traction. And I think that, I think that could be misconstrued as overnight success, but it has been mm-hmm. like unbelievably the opposite, mm-hmm. like very long. <laughs> um, yeah. It's called um, BFF Besties is our YouTube channel that we just launched. And we were um, at the other one, you know, two and a half years. So, so yeah, I was, I mean, grinding there. I mean, I have 50 hour work weeks and um, every week, always overtime. And, um, but yeah, now it's exciting. And I, I loved my time there and now it's exciting to get to just, pour all of that into into our own content it's really exciting mm-hmm. and um but yeah you know exactly couldn't agree more with what you're saying is that it'll have the appearance mm-hmm. of that overnight success mm-hmm. but um you know and, and i think i think most I, i'd say so many so many have that story mm-hmm. artists and whatnot you, you don't necessarily know about it but if you dug in you, you would see that um yeah and, like I'm a massive, massive Taylor Swift fan, like the mm-hmm. biggest Taylor Swift yes. fan. So, like, I know her story, like, the back of my hand. And so I know about, like, the trips, like, the getaways, not living there, but coming to Nashville for, like, a week to try to pitch demo tapes at, like, 11 years old. And I know about, like, signing, you know, being offered a record deal from RCA at, like, you know, 13 or 14, but then, you know, not guaranteeing that they're going to put out a record and making that hard mm-hmm. decision about turning down that deal, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't the right yeah deal in the moment yeah. and uh, you know that that's the thing is like these are all part of that grind and this isn't overnight <laughs> stuff and um and it takes a while and just just not to ramble but to touch on something you said um and that is that second year and then that third year and it gets you know there's a little less and a little less and a little less I will say I I am not so arrogant as to think that I'm the most talented singer songwriter of all time like I know that mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is not always 
the most talented that succeed. It is not the first ones there that succeed. It's not the ones with the biggest pop in the beginning. It, it's not mm-hmm. that might be some people's story, but I would yeah. say in my experience, both in the music industry and the acting industry, but in both, I would say, and and in living in a, in a town like LA where it's hard, it's hard to, to stay. I would say that the most valuable asset is literally just staying power. Mm-hmm. Just find a way to mm-hmm. stay. Find a way to keep your grind going. To outlast everybody keep... else. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because eventually, just by hum- just the design of human psychology in the mind is that the vast majority, like you said, are probably going to you know walk away at some point when, when, it's, mm-hmm. when too much time goes by without success. And that's mm-hmm. no fault to them. Um, or anything that goes back to the advice you got from the other artists. And that is maybe they could see themselves doing something else. And they finally, you know, decided to go. And they finally that. moved that way. But you got to, if you are, if you are truly, truly passionate and you know, just summing up all the different things that a lot of us have said in this call, if you know that you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you feel mm-hmm. like even, even if you don't have the signs of the success yet, that mm-hmm. will enable you to have some of that staying power. You know, speaking of the outlasting, it made me think of a story where there's two guys in the woods, and as you can tell, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> but there's two guys in the it. woods, and um, <clears throat> and there's a and a bear pops up, and they're both barefooted, and one guy's getting down on the ground to put his shoes on, and the other guy says to him, um, "You can't, why are you putting your shoes on? You can't outrun that bear." He says, "I don't have to outrun the bear. I just out got to outrun you." <laughs> And that's what made me think of, you know, about outlasting, because that's pretty much, it's, you know, it's maybe not the same thing, because you're not kind of going to kill them there, you know, but it (laughs) is, you know, you're, you have to outlast people, and as people start falling by the wayside, and you're still standing, and next thing you know, that's when you blossom. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like I said, I think it's. I think it's indicative of how of how much of what of what the career or the decision or whatever it is that we're talking about. I think it's just indicative of how much that means to you. Like I don't think it's I think it's that's the positive connotation. I don't think it's a negative connotation that anyone else like wasn't strong enough or didn't have what it takes. I think mm-hmm. it's just that that particular industry or that particular career meant so much to you that that it was important to to stay in it for the long haul and to someone else um maybe you know starting a family or maybe being a stay at home mom or dad mm-hmm. meant more or, or whatever you know what i mean yeah. if if it came to where they had to make that choice so yeah exactly just, that's the thing is that it's indicative of your passion really i think now as you know when people see whether big artists or big actors they see the glory of like a Blake and all that. And they don't see the team that it takes for them to get to that point. They, they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, the managers and all that. And I always like to say, and I'm always like, you know what? They don't get enough love. So on our show, I always want to change that, at least for our show anyway. So if you want to take one or two minutes just to tell us about the team that helps y'all be who y'all are. Yeah, you can go ahead and feel that. Um, yeah, well, let's see. Well, of course, 
you know, I have I have an agent um, and a manager. Um, my agent's name is Jeff, and my uh, manager's name is Gary, and they've been um, super supportive. And you know, it's I think it's tough for them because this as in that role, you're getting your clients like audition after audition after audition. And I mean, statistically, the odds are low of people of booking booking auditions. It's tough, and so for them, you know, you got to appreciate, and they don't get paid unless you get paid, you know, um, yeah. until you book a role. So, always appreciative of that. Um, but I would say, even for us in the YouTube space, mm-hmm. um, it's such a collaborative um, world, and. And so we have this we this team of friends. Um, so we all worked on this show um, on the Totally TV YouTube channel called The Super Pop, um, and it's mm-hmm. about um, girls who are uh, high school um, pop stars, but also superheroes. And so um, Adam produced all the music for that, um, wrote it, and recorded us, mm-hmm. and um, oh, wow. did everything. And then um, we all sang on it and acted on the show. And so. Um, that was a year and a half ago. And so since then, um, we've all, you know, started our own YouTube channels. And I would say just the support that I've gotten on mine and that I'm giving to them, like that support team means everything. And it's great because mm-hmm. as opposed to I feel like in old Hollywood, it was more competitive and and you know, especially, I don't know, I can only speak for women, but I feel like it was more cutthroat with women. But now it's so it's just, so supportive at least like I said in this YouTube space that we're in and it's just been um, really incredible what do you think Adam? Yeah I would just piggyback off that hit a lot of the same points that Laura said um, agents, managers um, you they, they, they're important I mean they're not you can do it you, some of the aspects without it or whatever but they are necessary and important for, for some of those aspects as well and the thing that is so valuable when you find a good manager or agent is that it's not necessarily in my opinion what makes a good manager or agent is not all about who they know and what doors they open for you a big big part of that um is that you're building a team and you need to view yourself no matter how small you are or how much lack of success you have at the moment um any person you begin to work with you need to view as you're building your team and you're adding them to, to your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you want to find really, really people with very, very strong character. Um, one of which for us is actually um, our attorney for all of our like legal affairs and whatever. Oh my gosh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Invaluable um, mm-hmm. as just like he himself is a, you know, a creative and specializes in, in the creative space and um, understands creatives and everything else. And so has a real heart for that and has just been an invaluable resource. From from a from a technical standpoint, obviously, and doing like his his job function, but also um, just as a support system, as a team member, and all these other things. And so, you want that in all of the roles that you bring onto your team, whether it's a manager or an agent or whatever. And what's mm-hmm. especially valuable in management mm-hmm. is that they're in the trenches with you, like Laura was alluding to. Like, um, you know, typically in those types of situations their in their revenue stream is directly tied to yours as a commission and so they're in those trenches and so emotionally and mentally when when you're going out on a thousand auditions like literally and only a handful are even getting to call back much less booking mm-hmm. i mean that doesn't only take an emotional role on the actor or actress it takes an emotional role on the, the those team members that are supporting you and putting you out there they're like you know, you're, you're tied into it together. 
So big shout out to all of that. And then another shout out, like what I was saying, um, this is more specifically, I would say in the modern um, era of YouTube and social media and being able to put out your own content directly to masses. And that is Mm -hmm. um, collaboration. Just so, so huge. Um, It's, it's about, it's about as opposite as you can get from the traditional sense of the music and of the music and acting industries of the used to be elite few gatekeepers holding all the keys. You better know somebody or be able to, you know, do the right things to get in the right doors and, and, you know, get the right meetings. But it's like as opposite of that as you can get. Like now it's all about collaboration. We don't need gatekeepers. Let's just work together. Let's be in each other's videos or be on each other's songs or, or whatever. It's actually very similar to the, to the, um, the songwriting model of Nashville. Mm-hmm. It's all about collaboration and co-writes mm-hmm. in Nashville. I love that. Now, what's it like, you know, because my, my wife and I, we definitely know what it's like to be a couple doing all this together because, you know, that's a whole different dynamic, and we, lo- and we love it. And we know that a lot of people yes, tell us, oh, I couldn't, because we spend 24-7 together. Oh, I couldn't do that. And I'm, and I, and I always, and I'm always like, well, you don't have to. This is our life. <laughs> yeah. We choose it. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. I mean, we, we absolutely love it. And it's funny because even at the beginning, like when we first um, were dating, I, we ended up working cause I was an actor and he was a musician and we worked at the same rest. Well, we didn't meet at the same restaurant, but we ended up working at the same restaurant. So we yeah. were always like, we've always been working together and everyone's always said the same thing. They're like, are you guys like sick of each other? <laughs> but, um, no, we, we love it. And, um, you know, it's, we, so then we started working at totally TV together cause I was an actor there and we brought Adam on as a music producer. And so, um, we got to work there together and now just working on our channel, we are literally together 24 seven, but, um, you know, I think it's sometimes like when we're having dinner and we're still talking about business, I'm like, okay, let's talk uh-huh. about anything else. You know, sometimes we have to like set boundaries <laughs> for ourselves. Let's, yes. let's watch TV and, and turn that part off for a second. But I think, I think it's a really good balance. And I think I'm sure you guys feel the same way. You feel lucky to have found um, a, a teammate who has the same mentality as you and, and yep. who's, also your best friend and, and you can do it all together. Yeah, I would say, oh, most definitely um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I, I would say that, um, you know, one of our, uh, you know, an acquaintance that we met, especially when we were back taking meetings and things with some business managers and stuff had told us that a very, very important aspect of it is like Laura said, like, like making a def- like defined, you know, cuts as far as, okay, this is a date time or this is a hangout time. No business talk allowed, you know, like even though we're excited and we're very excited, but, you know, carving out those times that are separate from business and, um, you know, pleasure is, is very important. Um, but then just to get a little, you know, cerebral and, and deep on it or whatever, it's, this is just my sort of belief in, in Lara's and, and that is to me, um, if you're zooming way out and you're thinking about, you know, the meanings of life or whatever, mm-hmm. to me, um, it's, it's about the, what's most important, just in my opinion, is the uh, relationships. You know, human experience mm-hmm. is about interaction mm-hmm. and relationships while you're here on this earth. And so yep. if you are as passionate, which it sounds like you guys are as well, if you're as passionate about the person that you found, then 
in my opinion, what I say to Laura is what is most important to me is to spend the most amount of time that I can get with mm-hmm. you while I'm here on this earth. And so, Amen. You're my kind of guy. <laughs> everything else yeah, is in support of that. Like your, uh-huh. your, yep. you know, your income, your, you know, the things that other things that bring you joy, your career, that's all well and good. But in my opinion, and that may not be the case for everybody, but in my opinion, it all is in support of that end goal. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the happiest guy in the world that I, that we get to work together and spend you know all day, every day yeah. together. <laughs> Yeah, we're the same way. We keep, we've done and been doing it same. for we just crossed eighteen years of marriage, and we've been a twenty four seven couple basically the whole time. We wow. can't. In fact, I got called names for this, but I remember back in two thousand one, two thousand two, I actually thought God told me that my spouse was online and I was supposed to meet her, and I kept and I was and I was like, well, how do I know it's her? Because there's so many people online, and and I felt like He said, you'll know. And I remember going through a lot of women trying to f- scroll through this Christian single site. And I'll never forget, I had one deal-breaker question. And, oh, I got called names for this one. You know, of course you had to be a Christian. That was hands right. down. But I, outside of that, my deal-breaker was, and I would always ask, if it were possible, would you consider living a 24-7 marriage to build a legacy together? And depending on wow. their answer to that would depend on if I moved on with them at all any further. That was my wow. deal breaker. If mm-hmm. they said anything, if, if they said yes or maybe, we're good. Even, even maybe, I can accept that because I, to them that was probably unheard of. You know, Whoa, what is that? But, but if they called me names or said no, of course, it was next. And I went through two or three hundred women on that. And I'll never forget February 2nd of 02. I asked Sandy that, and I'll never forget her answer. She goes, you know, I never heard of that kind of marriage. But if that were even remotely possible, that would be amazing. And she had me hooked <laughs> since. <laughs> uh, that's <so> great. <laughs> yeah, you definitely found each other, that's for sure. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like you said, you know, you're here on earth. You know, I married her um, to be with her. And, you know, and, you know, like even God, you know, see, this is what I believe in my, like you were saying with your, but this is what I believe. God talks about becoming one in the Bible, several places. I believe that when two people marry, that, that even if you felt like you had a purpose, your purpose will change. And, and all of a sudden you be, you have one purpose under your marriage umbrella. Now I'm talking about outside of kids. You know, of course, some people say, oh, kids is my purpose. No, I'm talking about outside of that. I right. believe that God will help you find a way to combine both of your passions under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, it's definitely happening mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really cool to meet other people. Again, within the music industry and I guess acting too and all that, you just don't really – outside of that – We've been put down. I mean, oh, we're so unhealthy. I mean, we've heard it all in 18 years, and we keep going. You know, here it is. You know, they they end up divorced, and we're still going. The next year, we hear it again from people that they end up divorced. We're still going, and it's like sometimes I want to stop people when they say, "Oh, how how unhealthy y'all are," and sometimes I want to stop and say, "Oh, you might want us not go there because everybody that goes there gets divorced." <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, yeah. And, and you know, speaking of family, because we're a family affair show, we have an eight-year-old boy that we always come on and ask one question. That, and yeah. so Sandy's going to get him on in just a minute. Okay. And, yes, and we've got a 19-month-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be mm-hmm. plugging her in too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it, it's crazy some of the things that people will say to you. And it's like I would never preach to people, oh, you should live a 24-7 marriage. No, you better right. like each other. Not just love each other, but you better like each other too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So true. But yeah, and that's why we're, you know, we're loving the YouTube um, space as well because we feel like, you know, whenever we have kids that there's so many, I don't know if you follow like the LeBrant family, there's so many family <laughs> blogs out there that, you know, we're excited for this to, to grow with our family as well, you know, and, um, and awesome. for it to be a family affair, we're excited. <laughs> I think she's getting him now. So he he loves this part. Gets he got he got shy on us earlier because we he I think he has a little crush on Allie Brooke because she's she comes on some yes. of the shows that he watches, and he got real um, shy on that one. He was so excited that he, he couldn't talk. <laughs> yeah, so but here he's he is. awesome. <laughs> All right, he's got a question. Here he is. Okay. Hi guys, what's your favorite food? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one for Laura. <laughs> well, you know, okay, I have two answers. Um, I growing up, I love a classic hot dog with ketchup. I feel like you can't beat it. Um, but also in LA, because I'm in LA, I eat, we eat a lot of sushi. So that's been my new favorite food. But. Two very different foods, but equally delicious. Yeah, those are – I think Laura probably answered more in line with what you're looking for, broad categories. I'm going to go, like, ridiculously specific and uh, and actually plug a place. Uh-huh. Um, my very first job was oh. at a restaurant chain in Texas, and is actually – they're predominantly in Texas, but there is one, believe it or not, in North Carolina where Laura's from. And so – Whenever in, we go home for Christmas. We try to go there. Here. And what it is is – it is a Cajun restaurant named Razoo's, and in almost anything on their menu is my favorite. Like yeah. it's so oh, uh, so good, and uh, yeah, Cajun probably Cajun be like yeah. that. But it's very very hard to pick. I will say that's a tough one. <laughs> and what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Yes. Yeah. What what kind? Pepperoni. Yeah. Delicious. Nice. Classic. We had that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bye, James. Bye. Thank you. Great question. <laughs> he he loves that. You know, and like I said, it's a family affair show. And, and what the great thing is, like we were saying, with the whole YouTube and all the different technology now, mm-hmm. you can actually build a career around your family, you know, yeah. instead of your family around your career. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's what we're trying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, again, you know, as you know, you gotta always have future goals and all that. And this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to hmm. tell this story before I ask that same question to our guests um, to make them think because you know the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living now. It's really amazing to see what she thought when nobody knew who she was and to now where everybody knows who she is. So if, you know, knowing that, where do both of y'all want to be in five years? 
Um, I guess the goal would be to have grown this. Like I said, the channel we came from has 4 million subscribers on YouTube. And I would say that that would be our goal would be to pass that um, and to have um, created even more, um, you know, we do a lot of like music and original series and, uh, hopefully to have an original series that we've created for our YouTube and have sold it, you know, to or have a deal with a streaming platform um, <laughs> with us doing it all, producing, acting, writing, singing. Oh, wow. um, and, uh, yeah, and hopefully, I think in five years, probably in one kid. <laughs> That'll probably be. And I would say <laughs> for my answer to compliment that, um I would say that for the majority of my life um, of creating content, I have felt that it was of a particular quality and had a particular commercial uh, viability to it that I, I've always felt that if people could have an opportunity to access it, that they would like it, or at least a significant mm-hmm. portion of people would like it. And what I always found frustrating was the inability to simply get a chance and to simply even, even get it out to people. And so mm-hmm. – um, I would love to, over the course of the next five years, obviously our own success, but I would also love to sort of continue to contribute to the reshaping of the landscape for even the next generation and for even more people um, Mm -hmm. to have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love what YouTube has done and, and Spotify and all kinds of other services like that. Those had to be thought up and created by someone, you know, over five years ago. And so who's to say that we don't, come up with an idea to continue to push and and take up that that banner and and expand the access to even more people who feel like I felt growing up and just just need a chance and so I want to create chances and opportunities um, for people over the next five years I love that whatever that means now let's let's say that 10 years from now 15 years now Y'all are excess on a grand level. Whatever that looks like, you're there. You're at the top. And let's say that the person, the people you are, you two are now, could meet your future self. What would you tell or remind them? Um, I would say, um, be fearless. Uh, trust in God. Are you? Wait. This is this is. This me. is you talking to your future successful self. You, you, you the, the person you're talking oh, oh. to's already made it, and you're right, just. Okay. It's kind of like a reminding for them, because they're on top. So so while they're on top, what you know now, you're telling them. What do you say, Adam? Uh, I think I would say, um, <laughs> I I really hope you your word about yeah. saying the exact same person that you always said you would um, love that I hope I hope that philanthropy has still is an immensely important part of your life and that you are putting your money where your mouth was that you always said <laughs> you would do you know supporting yeah. causes and, and mm-hmm. making the world a better place that's what I would say. Yeah, and I, yeah, same. And, and, and just to remember to always always be humble, always be kind. And, you know, right now, again, a great thing about all of the social media is that unlike how it used to be, we interact with our fans all the time. Mm-hmm. 
and we get fan art every day. And I, I can't even get through all the messages, but I do my best to try and respond to messages every day. And, and I hope I, hmm. and I, well, I plan on continuing to do that no matter, you know, where my career takes me, that I still try to appreciate and respond to these fans directly because they're the reason that we've had success at all. Yeah, I would add one last button on that, and I would say mm-hmm. to my future self, I would say, um, I I hope that you're still always treating every single person you interact with mm-hmm. with the manners, dignity, and respect mm-hmm. that your parents instilled in you, mm-hmm. no matter like whoever they are. So even and no matter who, how big or successful you are, like mm-hmm. I hope that yeah. the person that starts taking your order at at that future date, I hope you're still having a little banter and you're just as nice and kind and thanking them mm-hmm. for what they're doing. Um, even at that date, the way that you always did before. Love that. Now staying on advice, we will end with this last piece of advice. Um, so let's say you had a friend of yours and let's say you heard him or her sing or you saw him or her act. It could go either way. So this is interchangeable. And they, mm-hmm. and they had that it factor. They, they definitely are going somewhere. And let's say the singer in them, they played maybe 40 or 50 shows, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug. And they look over the crowd. They just know they're in the right place, like you were saying earlier, knowing you're in the right place. And they mm-hmm. come to y'all, and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this career for the rest of my life. What advice would you help guide them the next two, three, four years? You want to first to me? Um, yeah. Okay, what would I give them? Um, well, I would have to – I would evaluate just some of the logistical factors, like, for instance, what age are they when they're approaching me, where are they at in their life, blah, blah, blah. But based upon that, I would say get a plan together, you know, get a, get a short, medium, and long-term plan. Um, my dad always says, you know, plan your work and work your plan. That's what he says. And mm-hmm. so – that's probably what I would say because it, it all comes down to, you know, to, to a certain degree, you do have to, um, you know, make some opportunities, open some doors yourself. God, God might lead you to them or he might crack them open, but you have to walk through them. And so, like I would say, make a plan, you know, and, and figure out what it is that you need to accomplish to get to the next step and the next step and the next step. And if that's tied to finances, then I might include in your plan you know, mm-hmm. bankrolling it. So if that means, okay, I know that I want to do this, but it costs this much. And so I'm going to put that off for three months and I'm going to work two jobs for the next three months to save back. And then I'm going to continue to work my plan. So I, I would say that's the advice I would give. First of all, depending on what they sounded like, I might just sign them. <laughs> so like our or our label. But, but yeah, um, if I was giving just very specific advice, not talking about, you know, doing a deal or whatever, I would say that mm-hmm. I would say, make a plan. What, what do you need to do right in front of you? Because if it's, if it's all too big, then eventually you'll fall flat, you'll get depressed, or it'll be overwhelming and daunting. Yeah, it's just like it's all about doing, not to quote Frozen, but um, in, in Frozen, um, Anna sings this, in Frozen 2, she sings this song about doing the next right thing. Um, basically just taking the step in front of you. And like mm-hmm. Adam's saying, like if things get too daunting, just what is the next step? What is the next step? And just never giving up and never stopping, just continuing to take that next step. Um, but then also, I mean, all this is very practical. I would just say from a, 
from a spiritual standpoint, um, so we go to Mosaic out here, and Erwin McManus is a really incredible um, pastor, and he um, he has a story about living by faith and how he had um, he was um, at was it seminary, mm-hmm. um, and he had no money, no money, like a dollar, and um, and all of a sudden these um, these groceries just started showing up, and he had no money no, uh- to even eat. And these groceries just started showing up at his door and he would look and no one was there and they were perishable. So he, he would have his friends over and they would eat the groceries. And the next day the groceries would show up again. And he's like, I have no idea what's happening. Um, but, but every day this is happening. And finally he's like, I'm going to find this person. And eventually he like knew what time they were coming. And so he stopped this guy and he goes, Hey, in the elevator. He, it, oh, no, no, that was where they, he stopped this guy and he goes, Hey, what, what, thank you so much. Why, why are you doing this? I thank you. And, and the guy said, yeah, do I know you? And the guy said, we met, um, in the elevator and God told me you buy this man groceries and you keep bringing him groceries until I tell you to stop. And, and that's our story about like living living by faith and how like, Mm -hmm. even when you think it's hopeless, like trusting God and live by faith because he will always provide. And it's not like they had a conversation in the elevator and everyone was like, Oh yeah, I'm just barely getting by here, whatever. They didn't even they didn't even speak, I don't believe. I think Irwin just got in the elevator and this this man just felt this very strong urging um, of this very specific message of what to do. Pretty incredible. Yeah, and I that, that story's really stuck with me in, in everything that I've done. Um, and I just, I trust that I'm where God wants me to be, just like he was where God wanted him to be. And, and we're just, mm-hmm. we're living by faith. Yeah, and sometimes you need to hear stories like that too. Because even doing our show, sometimes you get frustrated and you're like, are we where God is? Are we where we're supposed to be? Because <clears throat> I'll be honest, you know, moving out of the music industry, you know, a little bit and expanding the show it's been a little nervous for me because I'm like, I, I feel like this is the direction God wants, but sometimes you're like, yeah. you know, I, I need a sign or something because we, we, we've poured our heart into just music and mm-hmm. I don't want to destroy that thinking that we can expand <laughs> right now. But at the same time, if it's a God nudge, I want to know because if mm-hmm. that, if this is the direction we're supposed to go, and having Allie on today and some of the conversations we had with her and then you to y'all, it's like almost a conversation around this is like, okay, we're in the right place. <laughs> Cause y'all wouldn't be yeah. on if I didn't expand out of music. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's very true. So tell everybody how they can reach out to y'all. That would be awesome. Yeah. So um, the very, I guess, the very first place we would say to go is go to our brand new YouTube channel, which like I said, the first full length episode of our brand new series launches tomorrow morning, actually 7:30 AM. Um, so, you know, by the time you're hearing this, it's there. Uh, so that would be on. We're live. Oh, we're live. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Then it'll be, it. <laughs> then go tomorrow. Set your alarm. It's 7:30 AM Pacific. Yeah. And so, that is going to be on YouTube. The name of the channel is BFF Besties. Um, if you come up with, if you search that, you come up with multiple things. Let me give you the exact address, which is just youtube.com slash C is in cat slash BFF Besties. So if you go to that uh, URL, that'll take you to our channel. 
And then, um, you know, from there you can find us, you know, our other socials. But if you're just looking, if you just want to follow us on other socials, my handle almost everywhere is Adam I Rocks. That's the letter I R O C K S, all one word. And I am Laura Hall Y'all <laughs> because we got to throw that Southern in there. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. So love follow us on you- shoot us messages. Like Laura said, we 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 really put a, an effort into trying to actually get back to as many messages yeah. as possible. So yeah, please do send, shoot us a message, DM, comment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, we go live a lot. We pull people yeah. in on our lives and yeah. interact. So. You know, we really loved having y'all on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having y'all back down the road. Yeah, yeah we, we would love that. It. Yeah, this is great. This has been a, such an awesome experience. If y'all are in Pooler um, at Christmas time, we'll be we'll there. We'll be there. <laughs> but we'll have to meet oh, up awesome. when y'all come down. We will. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. We'll, let's do it. That'd be great. All right, we'll, yeah. we'll stay in yeah. touch. Great. Yes, we will. All right, you have a blessed day. Y'all too. Bye. 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 Thanks.